This podcast is brought to you by Hodgepodge Productions. Enjoy and frown this. Hey, this is Cole Jones, and you're listening to the Hodgepodge Podcast. This is Richard Schroeder, and you're listening to the Hodgepodge Podcast. Hey, it's Derek Norsworthy, and you're listening to the Hodgepodge Podcast. Hello, everyone. It's Murph from Jokers. I'm here in my hotel room. There's my blankie. These things are not important. Here's what is. You've made a choice to listen to the HodgePodge podcast. Not a bad choice, my friend. You are making good decisions in life. Subscribe now and anywhere that podcasts are available. Bye. I'm going to go back to cuddling from a blankie. Ladies and gentlemen, it's HodgePodge time. Okay. Uh, before we start episode 124, I would like to just say here... I was having some trouble with my mic beforehand, and um, I did the best I could, so the, the, the audio was a little scratchy. You can still hear it fine, but there is a lot of background noise. Don't know what it is. Trying to get, I tried to get this perfect, as, 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 as good as the audio would allow, but I'm going to have to wind up getting a new mic, I'm pretty sure, soon. So uh, this mic is like taped and all that good stuff but on the podcast today i apologize for that garrett um if you're listening um didn't realize my audio was as crappy as it sounded tried fixing it this is the best that i got so garrett biggs is on episode 124 today we talk his new single three minutes at a time we also go by why he changed his name from garrett d to garrett biggs you're gonna hear that cool story um you're also going to hear about his heroes in music, his favorite album, his favorite songs, all that good stuff. We talk Aerosmith, John Mayer. We talk Def Leppard and Motley Crue. We talk Netflix and Adam Sandler. We talk all that kind of cool stuff coming up right here, right now. Episode 124, Garrett Biggs with HodgePodge Podcast. Again, I apologize for the mic situation. Not the best quality. It's what we get. Here we go. Garrett Biggs. gonna jump into this thing uh so there's i don't care what you say you can say whatever you want but uh if you're ready we're gonna get here and going yeah absolutely hey real quick yeah man it's no problem I don't, I don't get people on here that i don't like and so i mean I, I try to use that as a compliment for you and uh so I really do like you, and that's the only reason that I try to get independent people on here that don't really have a name and try to see if I can give them an even bigger name than what they do, and I also don't get people on here that I don't like. So, uh, yeah, man, it's not, and thank you for doing this, um, because not a lot of people would want to, so appreciate you wanting to. Oh, hey, for sure, man. I'm always, I always appreciating the opportunity, so, yeah, man, but uh, I guess you just gonna kind of hang out here. Um, I'd say about 30, 45 minutes, maybe something like that. Maybe a little shorter, maybe a little longer. It's cool. All right, so, uh, dude, I, I, I usually go on here and I usually stalk, you know, Instagram and Facebook, and I try to get all these details about somebody, and I try to get my information short because I don't write questions. I just they just come to me, and as we talk, and I just try to write down a little bit of information just so I know that. I know kind of what this person is that I'm talking to. So um, you used to go by the name of Garrett D. So uh, what, what did you change? Why did you change it to Biggs? What, what was that inspiration well, about? That's honestly, man. That's actually just something that's been used. Been used. So I have my personal Facebook, and then I have my page, and like I, I did the Garrett D thing to where they wouldn't find me as easy on my personal. Okay. And then you start putting that down. So I'm actually looking to change that. I've always went by Garrett Biggs. It's just like, you know, just, just a hiccup in, in communication. And like every time they, it's promoted like that, I message them. I'm like, hey, I'm not Garrett Biggs. I'm Garrett Biggs, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, it's not always been Garrett Biggs. So... Um, it's kind of cool to me because a lot of um, independent artists don't really have a YouTube page, but you actually have a YouTube page. And one of your first, or actually the first YouTube page was when you were going by Garrett D. And it was a cover of Jake Owens, Along With You. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're talking way Yeah, man. I, I go way back with you, dude. <laughs> dude I, yeah, honestly, I don't know. Maybe, man, I was probably Along With You. I was probably middle school back then yeah. probably. <laughs> and, and then, I, man, I don't know. Back then, I was kind of weird, dude. Like, I, like now, like, 
not big or anything, honestly, but it's like I've gotten right. used to like people knowing my name and like the way my mom and dad raised me. They're like, you know, don't talk to strangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so back then I was yeah, like, I don't want people to know my. I, like I was just kind of doing it as a hobby. Yeah. And you know, like I, I, I love music and I love posters, so I'm like, well, I'll post this song and. and I'm gonna put my middle name down so they don't know my last name. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then as I like progressed and decided like, man, I actually want to do this for a career, like I was like, Well, I mean you're big, that's my name. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hundred percent. So, so Where did, how did you grow up, man? Were, were were you growing up in like a um Middle class, low class, high class. How was it growing up for you? Yeah, dude. I mean, growing up, I'm from Colorado, Illinois. I was kind of called Casey. Mm. And, you know, just a middle class, lower middle class town. Uh, it is kind of close to small town. You know, I got my third grandfather, but I'm pretty blessed, man. My family and, and my mom, dad, I got a bunch of sisters, like, just all super supportive, like, very loving family. Mm. And, um, and it's just, it's just really good. Like, I always tell well, like, I, I literally had these typical small town upbringing. Like, it sounds cliche, but it's like football Friday night, beer drink afterwards, coffee, <laughs> you know, showed up and they did it. Like, it, it, it kind of how it was. Mm-hmm. So, I just kind of lived, like, oh, what? Every country song is about, like, I can honestly say, like, that, that is and was my life back in high school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And did you change at all from high school? Or are you still the oh, same dude. old cat? <laughs> Man, I'm still Garrett. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. and, but I, one thing, I was actually just talking to some friends about it the other, the other day. Is, you know, from, I think you're junior year until you're like halfway through college, you're done with college. I didn't go to college. But like that time frame of like 17, 18, or like mm-hmm. 23, 23. That's like the hardest, that is like the hardest part of someone's life, I feel like. It's like, you oh. either know exactly what you want to do or you have no clue that you try to figure it out, right? So I think through those four to five years, six years, whatever it is, there's like a growth period, right? Like, you yeah. have to learn life, learn yourself. And, and that's what it is for me, man. Like, I'm, you know, I've been out of, out of high school for a few years now, and, uh, and, and I moved, I moved to Nashville, I moved home for a girl, that went to hell and hand back <laughs> Moved back down there, and it's like, through all that time, dude, I feel like I've, I've, I've learned a lot. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say I've grown up. Yeah. Like, it's boring when you grow up. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I've definitely changed from my school. Like I said, I'm a little bit more outgoing, a little bit more spontaneous. Right. Um, I guess honestly it sounds bad, but like I respect rules, but I don't really um, care as much. You know, mm-hmm. like, I respect I respect everything and everyone, but I I, I just got a little bit more. Um, you know, this is my life. I'm gonna live it how I want to about me. You know what I'm saying? I agree with the uh, see. I'm 21, and I'm right there in that lifespan of like, man, this sounds cool. But I'm also doing this, but this also sounds cool. So it's like you think you can do nine different things at once and you try to pursue those nine different things. Then when you feel like that, just one, you're, you're very, you get depressed and you get anxious and you just, just say F everything, you know? <laughs> Dude, for sure. I, I mean, I, we're in the same exact mode. I completely get it, completely. Yeah. So I want to um, take a break from your personal life. I want to play your current song right now. We're gonna we're gonna flop around a bit, man. It's not. It's just how I go. So here is a little bit of three minutes at a time. So out of all your songs, out of the first, you know, Average Joe and Heart of the Heartland album, which I listened to last night, that is probably my favorite song that you've put out, man. And that's not just which saying that because you're... Heartland? No, uh, the one I just played, Three Minutes at a Time. Oh, God, dude, thank you so much, yeah, man. man. That means the world to me. And, and, and 
Where did that song come from? Because I'm looking at the album cover now, which is just an old timey dial radio with the words three minutes at a time. Right. Dude, that just that just brought me back because I can remember you, you said yours was uh, back in black ACDC, yeah. amazing guitar riff. But that brought me back, dude, when my mom would take me to elementary school and that uh, American Child from Phil Vass would come on. I hadn't thought of that song yeah. in so long, dude. It just just that mandolin and the da 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 da. I can remember sitting in the back seat. And dreading hearing that song because that would just put you in the mood that oh, got to go to school because it was like they would play it at the same exact time of every day. Exactly. Well, it's, it's only that one song. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. All the good stuff, and, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And so, like, Jeff Leffert's first album, I love music, dude. And so, every time I hear Portia Turner on beat, I go back to seven-year-old Jared with his headphones and, and the Hysteria album and his CD player with, mm-hmm. the, with the camper hooked up and, and, and uh, bicycles in the, in the truck bed going to camp somewhere for the weekend, man. I just, I just take you back to bed. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I just love how he does that. So I, I guess we just wanted to put that to a song, that emotion. So that's what we tried. Hopefully did, hopefully did and tried our best to do. Man, I, I love the stories of, because I'm more of a, I grew up country music, you know, all the other music was considered devil music to my mom. So, <laughs> so it was like, yeah, you're like Bobby Duchesne, man. oh yeah, exactly. Waterboy at his finest. But yeah. it, it was, it was probably seventh, eighth, maybe ninth grade where I, where I started journeying out and saying, you know, I'm going to find new music because this, this, this one stuff is just getting kind of old, you know? And that's when I found Aerosmith. And man, my life was changed when I heard Aerosmith. That was just that's that's still today my favorite band, and it, it, I, I love the stories of because country music, sure, they have some amazing stories, but rock and roll, the stories, the biographies, the the life changes, it really hits hard on rock and roll music because that's you know that's really where they get the drugs, sex, and rock and roll, you know. Of like of, of influence, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You can really tell what someone grew up on and listened to through the music they're putting out today. And I think that's really special. I really do. But if you think about it, every genre is influenced by every other genre. Like, let's take let's take um, gospel or Christian music, for example. They have gospel rappers. They have con- uh, gospel rock bands, gospel country groups. It, it, and then the same thing with rock and roll. Sometimes you hear a rock and roll with a fiddle or a banjo, you know, and then Aerosmith kind of jumped the ball when they put Run DMC in there uh, for the Walk This Way remix. They threw rap in there, and it was just like, you can't hate on the product that they're putting out because it's been happening since forever, and it's going to happen till the end of time. I completely agree, and I think you know I saw I did a radio interview. I believe it was one hundred seven point seven. I believe that was the station up in Peoria, Illinois. I saw my buddy Joe up there, and we actually got on this thing discussion a little bit. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, like great music is great. Like, if, mm. if it has emotion and a story, it doesn't matter if, if it's bass drum or if it's real drums or if, it, if it's a guitar or say it's like, none of that matters. Like, it, it goes so much deeper than that. Like, that is so much putting themselves out there and something they're feeling and they're putting themselves out to the world. And, and that's what I love about being an artist is like, with every song I put out there, I have to learn. And mm-hmm. it's, going to talk about this we talked about music and, 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 and influences and I figured you're, you're a pretty cool guy to talk with this about but have you have you ever have you seen the new the well it's not new but the Leaving Neverland the Michael Jackson scandal documentary no I have not I have not I've heard that I don't want to watch it <laughs> don't watch it and don't watch th- no don't <laughs> I'm not saying that in a bad way because if you if you look not really look up to Michael Jackson, but if he's one of your favorites, you're just going to be like, oh my God. Because you you can't do nothing but believe these guys because you weren't there. Right. And it's like, oh, like the guy they call King of Pop is like, now you, you don't even know if you can play him or not because you don't know if it's going to be offensive or if he really is, you know, a rapist or a creep like Bill Cosby, you know. Now they don't even play the Cosby show anymore because he's just a creep, you know. Oh. I'm gonna have to watch that, dude. It, if it's like, if it's real deep, like, no, that, dude, it, I'm, I'm fine with that. Let me tell you. Let me. Let me t- I'm gonna spoil one thing. This guy, he claimed. I think there was like two or three guys in the documentary. And they claimed that they were friended by Michael Jackson because they were his backup dancers, and they were molested within time. Well, there was this one guy that Michael Jackson fully fell in love with, gave him an engagement ring, promise rings. All these things, and then it was the, when, when they would hold hands, man. They would take their middle finger and they would touch each other's palm, and that means they were thinking of them in a sexual way. And that was just like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, <laughs> like, uh, just puts chills down your spine. Like, are you serious? Huh, I'm gonna have to watch that. Check it out. I mean, I, I guess you start out, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll check that out, man. I'll let you know. Once I watch it, I'll let you know. I'll let you know what I think, all right? Okay, cool. So um, you mentioned um, earlier that you went to Nashville for a girl. So did you leave Nashville after the, 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 the relationship went sour and then moved back? No, so actually, I, I went to Nashville two or three months after my uh, relationship with Michael Jackson ended. Uh, a girl in Illinois. Okay. Uh, okay. And so I moved down there, stayed with that one for 
So I'm going to segue into this next single because you broke up with your girl. Now you have a song called Break Up. Didn't plan to segue into this, but uh, I'm going to play a little clip from it right now. So where did breakup come from? What's that? Where did breakup come from? Where did the song come from? Yeah, so, um, like I say, I was living in Nashville, and we, and we broke up, and I, I was like, I was heartbroken, man. Yeah. I was heartbroken, I was, I was young, I was in the familiar area, I had some, I had, I had friends that were great, and, um, but I was, I was, I felt alone, I just felt like my whole world just turned upside down, you know, and, and so I, I was sitting in my room, and I, I was like, man, I don't know how to, get over this, I don't know what to do, and usually when I get that deep in the thing, I'm like, music, man, I'm like, music has never, ever failed me, it's always there, and so, I texted my buddy my book, and I wrote the song, and I said, man, look, I, I, I hate to bother you, I, you know, here's kind of what's happening, I, I'm getting, I, I, I need to get friend right now, life sucks. I have this song, I, I literally told him, I was like, I don't even care, I don't like the guys yet, I just need to write this song, like, I, this is the title, this is the idea, I will write this, for me, help a bro out, you know, mm. and so, and he's like, dude, I'll be ready 20 minutes, so she came over, um, came over that morning, for that afternoon, and, uh, and, we wrote the song and, and obviously the, the title was Breakup and I just told him I was like I got the idea I was working out a girl at the time and I was like you know she didn't want to break up she wanted to, like, she wanted, wanted to take a break but she didn't want to have the title of single she didn't want to see other people but she didn't want to talk she wanted to do anything and so we you know, basically, it's like, you know, it's like it says, it's like, it's going to break us if we break up. You don't want to break us. You know, it's like that whole thing. And, and so that story, I kid you not, front to back, is to a T. Like, um, my side of the story, honestly, there's two sides to every story, but that's my side. So, and everyone's been super accepting of it they, they seem to really really do the song and that's all I can ask for out of my music 
you know, people are digging it, then, then I'm going to have to camp it. That store, for some odd reason, reminds me of uh, like Friends, where um, Ross and Rachel, where she wants to break up, but they're not. He thinks they're on a break, but they're actually supposedly not on a break. <laughs> it reminds me of this whole crazy thing. Dude, that's how it was, man. It was yeah. Wild. I'm like, where? It's like, yeah, Yeah. I mean, both of you were or are in love, and sometimes it just doesn't work out. And and that doesn't mean it's easy, easy on either side. There's still feelings there, you know. And so it, it's a very confusing time for everyone, you know. And and um, again, just like that whole emotion of that confusion and not knowing the step are we together? Are we not? What's the move like? Like hell, this is hell, you know. Like that's that's where a breakup came from, and um, um, yeah. So, if somebody says, let's say you're dating this girl, Garrett, and they go, "Okay, we're gonna take a break," in your mind, is that we're breaking up, or is that in your mind we're just not gonna be together anymore, but we're still in a relationship? Oh no, I think you're done. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're, yeah. Either, you're either in or you're out. You're very walking. <laughs> Yeah, have you have you ever watched Friends? Anyways, what's that? I said, have you ever watched that show Friends? I don't know why I brought it up. It just popped in my head. Figured we. No, I haven't heard all about it. Oh. I can get on my bucket list to watch. Dude, it's long. I don't. That's that's like people they say. Um, I'm gonna start watching Breaking Bad, and you're like, ooh, well, you better get ready. <laughs> because it's like, man, it's it's rough. Oh yeah, I have to watch. I think, dude, I got to switch the show. I think she likes the hell out of it. I'm not sure like any of worth watching. But I mean, I, I see it all over. Like the, everyone's wearing like these French shirts and stuff. So yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm starting to get FOMO just talking, you know. <laughs> so, um, speaking of TV, what are you watching now? Are you watching Netflix or, or, or what? What are you watching? Yeah, if you are I mean, watching I'm, I'm a Netflix addict. I've always loved, like, I like suspense. Yeah. Like movies, action, movies, like TV shows. And uh, here recently, man, I've been on a, I've been on a criminal mind kick. I love <laughs> criminal mind. Yeah. Have you ever watched that show Ozark uh, with Jason Bateman on Netflix? Exactly. Yeah. But dude, I watched. I was like, people are saying Ozark was a fantastic show, so I was like, you know, I don't have nothing else to watch. I'm gonna watch it, dude. I was in this cloud of depression and anxiety and and aggravation. I was in such this bad mood all because of a show, and it wasn't that it would just make you mad. It was just it was so dark. That would just put you in this dark mindset. So I had to like quit watching it. So I don't even know how the how the show ends. <laughs> Jesus, you're gonna have to finish it someday. You can't leave it hanging like that. I know, you know? I know. But <laughs> but I'm a fan of uh, like stand up. Like I always like comedy. And um, just to, just today, actually, about nine o'clock, I watched the, for like the fifth time. I watched Adam Sandler's Hundred Percent Fresh stand up show. Man, I was actually going to tell you, I was like, I, I love to laugh, man. I love to yeah. laugh. Yeah. I think it was like a $300 million deal with Netflix to create all these movies. And let me tell you, he put out like three or four. They were so terrible. Like I, I watch any movie with Adam Sandler because I will either laugh or he sometimes he has this side where he'll make you cry. And I was like, I'm going to love Adam Sandler. I'm going to love these Netflix movies. Dude, they were so terrible. I turned them off at least within the first 30 minutes of each. Oh, man. That's a good point. Well, see, yeah. but see, he came out with this new one, Murder Mystery with Jennifer Aniston. See, I'm not going to lie. 
love that. Me too. Yes, I. Me, that's what I was fixing to say. That I thought it was. I thought it was funny. I thought it was something different because you because it was a comedy, but you still had to figure out. They didn't throw it out at you who 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 was doing whatever it was doing. I want to spoil it, but I thought they 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 pulled the trigger on it and they hit it bullseye. They hit the target exactly where it was supposed to go. Yeah, man, I agree. And like it was cool because back in high school, we uh, like we there was the what's it called like the arts club or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, and stuff. They did a play. It was like a murder mystery. Yeah. And they did this whole play, and like people, you know, acted out everything. It was like the same kind of plot as, as the movie. Right. So I'm always that we would have the same idea. And so, like, going into murder mystery itself, I was like, dude, like, this is cool. I've seen this. Like, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm going to score it. I've been, I've been to a lot of these plays, and they just, they are awesome. But Adam Sandler has this different kind of comedic genius to him. Like, he can come up with stuff that I couldn't even think of even in a dream. Like, it's just, it's kind of like Eminem and John Mayer, which are two of my favorites. Um, they read the dictionary and they always look at all this stuff. And I'm like, I wonder what he does. Is he reading like a comedic dictionary or encyclopedia of some type to come up with all of this stuff. Yeah, I, I do. I'm, I'm right there with you. He's not Yeah. <laughs> um, so, let's go back to when your first album was released back in uh, 2016. Yeah. What? Because I, I, I'm kind of confused here. Not really confused, but I just want to know why you did this so you put out Average Joe the album and then you put out another album that same year was called Heart of the Heartland and you put Average Joe on both why is that I see different artists like Blake Shelton he's put two different songs on two different albums why is why did you put Average Joe on both albums was there a reason or did you just like it that much I want everybody to hear it no there's definitely a reason man and um you listen to the two albums, like, obviously I got, like, the rock, kind of rock vibe, and, you know, Average Joe is great. I was working with these guys called Last Day Productions. Uh, we've switched producers since we were, but, but they were great, man. Helped me out a lot, Last Day Productions did. Um, you know, we did Average Joe, and it was just, we... I don't know, we just like the, the vibe of the song and, and on the average show was very, very rock and and since we did the first EP, they upgraded a lot of equipment, like a, a whole bunch of stuff in the studio. And so we I just kinda of felt like average show had something else to it that we made this for the first time and people were loving the song and it, it, it's a very special song to me and so we kind of re- went in, kind of retouched the guitar, kind of took a little bit of the edge off, added a steel guitar, kind of just got more of a down old, mental feel to it. And I just kind of felt like that song had had another breath in it, that it, it needed to be heard one more time in a, in a better light. So that's why I went ahead and threw it on there. Um, it's just, it just kind of one of those things that I just felt like I needed to kind of do to, to bring the, bring the uh, new EP together. And, and kind of get the song of new life. So that's kind of, kind of the move as far as that goes. All right, here's a little bit of Average Joe. I played the whole thing, but uh, <laughs> not allowed anymore on um, um, the podcast. So we figured I'd just play a few <laughs> seconds of it. So um, growing up, you grew up. Where? Uh, I know you said it before, but I forgot. Where'd you go? <laughs> no, you're good, man. So, uh, I grew up in Casey, Illinois. Illinois, right? that's right. Central. <laughs> yeah, East Central, Illinois. Nothing there but a bunch of cornfields. But we do have eight or nine of the world's largest objects there. So if you're ever around East Central, Illinois, go check it out. It's kind of a, kind of a cool spot, man. Like, I actually, uh, I was there last week. Yeah, first two shows mm-hmm. holiday July 4th you know and 
and I kind of took, I took it further around and just kind of checked it all out and whatnot. It was just kind of cool. I never realized how much of a small tourist day it kind of became. It's really kind of turned itself around the last 10 years or so. Yeah. Years, whatever it's been now. So, growing up in Illinois, um, can you remember the first time you heard music in a different way and you were like, oh, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life? Or is not not for se, rest of your, but that's how I want to make my living. Yeah, I mean, my dad, he played guitar in his band. Man, I've sat in so many rehearsals in his band, just listening. Now, like, it literally is just in my blood. I've always been exposed to it. Um, like, going back earlier, you got a whole CD collections, tapes, all of them, everything. Hmm. After you learned to play guitar, you were playing a show. But that, but that, but that's still, that's still, man. You got a big set of nads on you for going two or three months later. Like, you know what I mean? Like, usually you hear ah, about six years later, about a year later, you know, about a year and a half. But you three months later, dude. Just after learning one song. <laughs> yeah, man. It was like one of the things. I was hooked. Yeah. I was like, I learned that one song. And it was a big show. It was a one-room schoolhouse show called Old Coast Store. They turned into a murder joint. And so I called my buddy Jay Cole. He was playing there at the time, I believe. And they, they, they let me come in and play. I played a 30-minute set. Three minutes, I got twenty dollars, and Friday Friday, and it was the funnest. It was so much fun, dude. The place, the place packed out like fifty, sixty people, something in there like that. I mean, people were just hanging out, enjoying themselves, and, and and so supportive, man. Like everyone was just having a blast, super hollering, and, and that really set the pace and kind of kind of gave me the itch to to do the next one. And they did the next one after that. And eventually, I'm like, man, there's nothing else in this life that I want to do that I really know how to do. Like, I want to. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to start doing it really seriously to the best of my ability. And, and so that was kind of like the turning point, you know? Yeah, and th- th- you played for a burger and fries. And, um, and you know, it's kind of weird because it's like, Let's say you do blow up and you do become the next Luke Bryan or something. You're you're always gonna remember back to that time. You know, remember when I played for a glass of orange juice and a hot dog? Like you know what I mean? <laughs> like now I don't even have to eat hot dogs anymore if I don't want to. <laughs> Dude, exactly. It's it's every, everyone's been there. You know what I'm saying? And that's mm-hmm. like, like right now, you know, we're, we're just going around playing these 
plenty of these bars. Everyone's super nice. Bookers are great. Fans are great. And, um, and I'm loving every second of it, man. I think. So I want to ask something. I want to ask something. If I get too personal, man, just just tell me how much. What what was the most you've like you you've gotten from playing a gig? Be, being an independent, you know, you're, you're put your own stuff out there. You know, what was? Tough, you, man. I'm not. I'm not really sure. I mean, there, there's so many different variables. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's a full band, whether it's acoustic, like. Anything like that. It's just, there's just so many different variables to it. But mm-hmm. I'll say, you know, it usually ranges anywhere between a couple hundred to four hundred dollars. That's usually what I pocket. So, um, and, but you know, you gotta understand there's there's gaps and everything else involved on top of that. Yeah. As far as what I'm bringing home, it's a totally different ballgame. <laughs> <laughs> so. Let's say you're playing with a full band and, and, and there's a tip jar there. Are you, because I, I, I've interviewed about, let's see, you're number 124. I've interviewed about 120-something people. And a lot of them will say, sometimes we'll split the tip jar, you know, evenly. And some I've heard a couple that say, nope, that's all mine. They can figure out their own way there, which I don't think is a very good strategy if you're going to keep a band. But so what would you do? What would you do? Let's say you... Let's say they fill the, the pickle jar, the tip jar, all the way full. There's a there's a couple. There, there may be fifteen hundred dollars there. Are you gonna split that evenly or pocket all of it? Which I, I don't want to put you on the spot, oh, but I'm, just, I'm splitting that. I'm splitting that. I mean, I use the tip jar for overhead. So like, if we, you know, hotels, gas, rentals, all that all that stuff, like that tip jar goes immediately to that, and and anything left after that is it's split evenly. I, I, I'm the Kind of part, you know, it takes it takes every moving part to make the show happen, and if you're missing one of those moving parts, then the show's not going to happen. So it makes no sense for me to pocket all of that. Nor do I want to. That's yeah. not how I was raised. I was raised, you know, you just get in the same seat, you know, and um, you know, because they both have a, a very, very, very big role, mm. and, and you know, the T.O.'s gone. They'll have weeks to think there. I play show with my pig Everyone has a big role in a company. Everyone fairly and you pay them accordingly, and you, and, and you just try to be the most fair that you can be. And, and I will live by that for the rest of my career. So. And a lot of people don't realize, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that you're having to pay for your band too, like you're having to put them in hotels and you're having to give them transportation. So it's like, <laughs> not a lot of people well, realize like my that. Friend, my friend Natasha Meyer, she said the best. It's like you know, at this level, you know, really any level, I think this is my chain, my thing to keep. It's like, yeah, you're not gonna have, you're not gonna have people to your house and, and not give them any food. Yeah. Eat, you know, and, I, and it's, you know, <laughs> when a band goes out with me, like, like, like they're my guests. You know, right. The band is going out because they believe in the song. They believe that they get you, and, and and they want to be a small part or a part of, of what you have going on. So um, treat them, treat them with that respect. That they're doing this to help you. You know, it's not. Mm-hmm. They can go play for somewhere else tomorrow, but for that night or however long, like they are helping you make your dream happen, and you're helping them make their dream happen. Cause it's, it's a big keyboard, so there's no reason to make it sour because, you know, like, because of money or whatever. It's like, keyboard makes your dream work, you mm-hmm. know? So, when you move to Nashville, let, 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 let's do the second time because let's say you move to Nashville the second time. Who was in your class that moved with you That that that's either independent like you or that is now kind of blowing up a little bit? Yeah, so as far as my class, um, you know, I'm kind of shady in class. People that, my friends that, I, that I'm really proud of, um, you know, one that's really getting a shot right now is Sean Stimley. You know, I'm okay. around me. He's got okay. great songs out, doing a lot of big things. Uh, Tasha Myers, Jennifer Stern, she just got her song. Now, he and, he and her are friends really best. Taylor, uh, he's also my roommate, he's the best that we wrote. It just debuted on CMT, so nice. uh, go check that out. It's called Songs from Harvest Floor. And then uh, Joy Beth as well. She's great. She's not triple single. I uh, helped write that one as well. And uh, it's called It's Just One. And that actually, that's on Nashville right now on Spotify. So go check that out. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be here all day if you start naming them all. But um, yeah. So, so when you you said you co-wrote a couple of songs there, when, when when you're writing a song with with another artist, is there ever a fight of no, this is my song, no, I'm taking it, no, I'm taking it? Is there ever any of that bickering back and forth? Not not really bickering, but is there ever really a conversation of I really think I should have it, no, I should? Is there any of that? Right. So, man, is it tough having a roommate? Uh, because you said you, you have a roommate. Is it tough? Or would you? I mean, I know you would much rather live on your own if you, if you could, if the expenses would allow it. But is it kind of tough having a roommate, or is it like the best thing ever? Oh, okay, okay. Man, there was um, you. You said that you were drinking a beer and you heard somebody say something. So that's when you kind of you know it sparks an idea for a song. I had I can't remember for the life of me who was on here, but I was using an I was using an example. Like sometimes I will say, okay, write a song about like a white piece of paper because I got a white piece of paper sitting here. But I had a brown paper bag sitting on the table, and I was like, well, let's let's say you were to write a song about a brown paper bag, and they came back and they said, well, I would think about brown paper bag being a homeless man holding a you know alcohol in a paper brown paper bag and to me that was one of the most off the hook random perfect made perfect sense about writing about a brown paper bag what was what was one thing that you heard in all your life that you're just like man that's gonna make a killer song well i mean good sound honestly and actually a lot of times like sometimes you'll say it sometimes you'll hear other people say it actually i got an idea for good sound Mm-hmm. Um, one night, and then I got the, we were being through a bed, we were out of a thing called Revival in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love Revival. Um, 
we we went into revival. I had a kid buzz on me, <laughs> and, and someone said something like, "Like that's my trigger," or something, or maybe I even said, I can't even remember. But something was said about about trigger, and that's where I got some ideas there that were actually possibly going to get cut too. Um, the idea was like, "That's my trigger." But I was like, "Dang, my trigger, my trigger, like she triggers." all these emotions and like they just want to do these crazy things mm-hmm. you know? and so like we ended up like I ended up like that's all the great ego lord the same week so um and good sound like we can go back for just driving through a while that night just playing a great pod uh, in a room too long and I was just like tearing through on the passenger seat like just and I looked at it I was like yeah that's, that's, that's a good sound yeah and I like stopped and I looked at it I was like yeah, like that's a juice sound, like a large round pin or a freaking hula pop or whatever. Like that's a, like a pork swing or like a plow uh-huh. breaking up the dirt. Like all those are good sounds. And then twist into like, you like her when she says, says my name or what she's saying. Like all those are good sounds. So it's mm-hmm. like, that, that's another example of like when, when there's a, it's just there in the moment to kind of capture that, you know? Last uh, last few questions here. Um, I don't want to keep us too long. We're only on about fifty minutes, which it doesn't even seem like that long. But um, who are some of your heroes in music, man? Um, for me, just to give you an example, of why you think heroes in music for me would be uh, John Mayer, Steven Tyler, um, um, folks, people like that. It, it ranges as far as like my heroes and the reason I'm a musician and artist today. I have to say Def Leppard was a big influence. Right. Um, Jason Robbie is actually the one who got me into country He's been a huge influence. Yeah. Absolutely huge. Um, Jason Robbie definitely is a big one. Um, as far as songwriting though, like Merle Haggard and Waylon. Oh yeah. And all those traditional guys, they I, I really learned or try to learn the art of storytelling and capturing emotion with words and rhymes um, through those guys to they have a big role. And, and even nowadays, like, dude, Morgan Wallen and Hardy, yeah. I'm really vibing with those guys. I think Hardy, Morgan too, I love Morgan, they're like, you keep the call as far as the music goes, but uh, Hardy, there's something to him that I've really gravitated toward. And hearing him, I've noticed I'm starting to find out for myself too, to be honest. You know, if, if the stuff I'm going to be putting out is totally different from what I've done in the past, and I think it's, it, it's going to be good, and I think people are going to really like it, and and um, it's just had a big influence on me as, there as well. So just all those guys have played different roles and did me what's wild about the uh, Hardy guy is I, you know I listen usually if somebody comes out you know that I, I'm aware of I'll, I'll usually listen to the album you know and he had an EP come out which I only listened to it once you know I was like ah it's alright but then I realized he's an excellent songwriter he wrote God's Country for Blake Shelton which is the biggest jam sandwich you can ever have and and that oh, yeah. that that was when I was like okay Gonna give this guy another chance because obviously he knows his music. Right, for sure. Well, it, it sounded just good. Yeah. Of course, everyone's gonna have their opinion. Yeah, like, exactly. Nobody's gonna it, like. It, it, <laughs> right. It's, it's so fresh, man. The lyric, the way it arranges this stuff yep. from production to, to writing, it's just it's all really special, and I'm I'm fully vibing with it. I'm kind of proud. That's not. So, if you just had one favorite artist to listen to, let, let's say the world was to end and you were to pick one artist you could listen to, who would that artist be? Uh, Jason Aldean. Jason Aldean. Yeah, yeah. Out, of, out, of, out, of, out of everybody at Jason Aldean. Yeah, because he, you know, his songs, like even his earlier stuff, and even, even today, I think, the uh, traditional songwriting element that I yeah. love and that is me but I, you know I also do kind of like sort of the pop stuff too yeah yeah and there's, well, like you're cutting up the whole spectrum throughout like back to the kids now the truth days stuff and some present days so I think you know one hell of a kind of catal
Okay, let's use your favorite artist for example. Um, so gonna, we're gonna, gonna go this question two ways, man. So just just stick with it real quick. Um, so your favorite album of all time would be. Okay, so you said your favorite artist was Jason Aldean. Your favorite album by your favorite artist Jason Aldean would be. My favorite Jason Aldean song was actually um, Black Tears off the Night Train album, which was written by the Florida Georgia Line guys. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah, which I think I, I think they took the black tears basically as she's a stripper and she's crying because she doesn't like it and black tears is the mascara running down her face. I think they took that and they took the imagination of it and just blew it out of the water. Oh, I think so too. It's, it's so creative. It's so creative. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it reminds me a lot of Fancy by uh, Reba. Yeah, yep, yeah. Taking this crazy idea and making one hell of a wild story out of it. Cool. So, my just just to, just to, just to give you a, an idea of, of what I'm like, man. Um, my favorite artist of all time is John Mayer, hands down. No one's gonna beat John Mayer in my eyes. So my favorite album. Yeah, from, oh, dude, I, I he's he's the first artist to. I list. I started listening to him back. Um, when was it? It was right after Continuum. So probably. That was album 06, so probably 07, 08 is when I really knew who John Mayer was. And a couple of years ago, he started being my all-time favorite because he was one of the guys that just really, he brought out the when Continuum came out. That album was just like, whoa, this guy is taking everything that I'm thinking and putting it into one big ball and releasing it out. Right, right. Well, yeah, that's why he's John Mayer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I also like Aerosmith, and my favorite Aerosmith album is Permanent Vacation because it has my favorite song on there, Angel. And also, that was the very first album that they made sober. And I think that they had some of the most unique lines and some of the most unique songs, like Dude Looks Like a Lady and then Angel. And I just like the story behind how they were sober. So they were like, We're going to put this album out, and it was just killer. Right. Well, their stories were really similar to Molly Creek. Yeah, oh man! Did you? Really for the better. Like I love Motley Crue. Yeah, those guys are so man. They were hitting us so hard. Like it started to really affect them, and then they they just changed everything around, and it gave them a, a whole new push momentum to keep their career and their lives going. You know? Did you watch the the Motley Crue movie on Netflix? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I love <laughs> the man. Dirt Yeah. Obviously, it's not all accurate. It's not going to be. It's Hollywood. But I thought it was freaking fantastic. And I'm not a fan of Machine Gun Kelly, but I think he killed it as Tommy Lee. I, I honest to God, thought he was. they could not have casted that better. Oh, I completely agree. I, I completely agree with you. But the thing that was cool is like, they had this scene at the end with the real video. Yeah. The movie did it. Mm-hmm. They really did it pretty good. You know, they, they kept the you know the the wild thing about the motley crew the, the 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 dirt on netflix was it was somewhat based on heroin diaries which is uh nikki six's book which dude right. if you read that that movie doesn't even touch a base <laughs> it's just like whoa you know it's like Holy crap! What are they doing here, man? It was they're they're they're, they're probably one of the wilder, wilder, uh, heavy metal rock bands that I know of that were that heavy into drugs and sex and alcohol and just wild. Yeah, man, they were they were all about the party. I mean, they were like, but they were, like they had killed it all throughout it too. That's a lot. Yeah. So. Dude, um, I think we're going to um, get off here, man. Uh, we're going about an hour or so. What I usually do is, you have any shows coming up that you want to promote or, or social media, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I
Cool, man. Thanks for doing it, dude. Dude, hey, thank you so much. Anytime, man. Anytime. 